Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by the folks over at Stringjoy. If you're looking for strings that are handmade in the USA, you know what? Stringjoy is a place that you should probably check out. If you're looking for a place that will give you a custom set of strings in a variety of sizes, stringjoy.com is a place you should probably check out. Yep. If you're looking for tension balance sets, did I mention stringjoy.com is a place you should check out? It sounds like the kind of place I should probably check out, Steve. You know, if you're not really sure what kind of strings that you have, but you're looking for something different, shoot the guys over at stringjoy.com an email and maybe they can help you out. Oh, they can help you for sure. I've been using uh, the set they made for me on my Hallmark and I got to use it live and use it in practice a couple times. And I, I can honestly say it does feel more balanced. Whatever that means. Uh, yeah, balanced is the way I would describe it. Like none of the strings feel like they're out of place or like I'm not having any issue with any of them. I haven't had any breakage yet and uh, I'm happy so far. They feel a little beefier than what I had before, which is nice. They feel like they're going to hold up. For quite a while. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Matthews Effects. Yep. We uh, we just did a demo for the Matthews Harbinger, which is a really fun take on, you know, your rat style distortion. I it's, heard it was like a more like a fuzz than a distortion. No, I think it's distortion-y. It's definitely a distortion to my ear. Uh, there's people debating, oh, you know, there's no such thing as distortion. It's all OD and fuzz. I'm like, no, there's things as... That are distortions, guys, and this is a distortion pedal, yep. in uh, in my solid opinion. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I've been using it a lot live. I've been using it at church a lot. Hmm. In this is going to contradict what I just said, but I've been using it in place of fuzz. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Meaning that I've been using it for like my big, like hyper saturated, super sustaining. Uh, dirt box that I use to drive kind of like my more ambient sounds sure. like I throw it before a couple delays and a reverb and do like a bunch of swells with it and uh, you know throw the guitar into the neck pickup and you know get get real washy with it so that's how I use it at church at home I could just crank that thing and I rip it man pinch harmonics I shred it up Thing sounds great. I I used it on the coward demo that I just recently did mm-hmm. it's in the P90 section when I have Ooh. a high gain part and cool. it sounds great. Uh, also, Matthews just came out with a new version of their Cosmonaut. Yep, they're calling it version 1.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say that now the modulation sits more in the wet feedback loop. The anomaly control changes the speed and the mix of the modulation, and it now has increased travel time. These changes make the modulation more distant and affect only the tail of the verb, whereas the V1 modulation was feeding into the verb. Uh, so these changes will be effective on all future cosmonauts, and uh, there's also a limited color cosmonaut now. That thing looks in hot. Silver sparkle. Yeah, that looks really nice. So uh, head on over to MatthewsEffects.com to check out the Harbinger and the new cosmonaut yeah. version 1.5. That means that I've got uh, you know a limited edition cosmonaut because mine is. The version one. Right. And I think, right. I think the version one sounds really cool. I haven't heard the 1.5 yet, but I really like where the modulation is on it. It's very spacey and very freaked out and weird. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the 1.5 too, though. It sounds like it's going to be fun. I don't remember how to do it. It goes, uh, 
you say, hey, this is Ryan. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you are listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, mining, breaking, reviewing, blank podcast. Oh, man, we're doing intros again because they ran out of recordings of intros. Uh, something that would be really neat if you guys want to help with that. Uh, yourself as listeners, many of you are uh, big facets of our life here on the show. You interact with us, with us on the group and through email and other ways. Uh, feel free to record yourself reading our intro and uh, just email to us. Yeah, 60cyclehumcast uh, at gmail.com. Throw your name on the front. Maybe throw where you're at. And it, you know what? If you want, if you are a foreign language speaker, do it in a foreign language. Yeah, sure. Do it. Find creative ways to do it. Like maybe have a robot read it for you. Yeah. Uh, do the thing like uh, Bob Dylan and uh, Homesick Subterranean... Was it Subterranean Homesick Alien Blues? Something like that. Uh, where he just holds signs. I don't know if that's going to work for the podcast, Steve. That's true. Yeah, that's not, that's a visual thing. Or right. an audio thing. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should do that for a video sometime. Maybe we should make a video sometime. Yeah, maybe someday we'll make a video, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of videos, what's new, Ryan? Oh well, I I mentioned it in the in the sponsor spots that I I finally finished the demo for the the Titan, the the, uh, the KR one, the Titan KTR. Shut up! <laughs> I, I, I was fighting text issues for like the the last half of a day that I was working on it. Like all the my fonts went bad that I was working on. And I had to go back and redo it all. And when you work on these things a long time and you're trying to push them to get them out real quick, like you kind of go blind to what you're actually looking like at. Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. And every uh, time you looked at it, you went blind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had a bunch of errors in there. And so I published a version this morning that I had to replace with a new version. And I had, I got the model number wrong. <laughs> that was the worst part is like, I see the. I see the uh, title, yeah. And I was like, "What?" Yeah, I messed it where up. Where did that come from? KTR is the is the clone pedal, right? Yeah, yeah. That's where I got that. K- just can't. I just can't stop thinking about the sweet, sweet clones. <laughs> Dude, speaking of clones, apparently Seriotone is going to start selling clone cases. Yeah, or it, or the, it sounds like they might sell cases and their own clone within a clone style case they're making the they're doing right. a complete like a rip of the original cases so we were gonna make that a topic sometime we I were thought or chat about it oh well i mean we can chat about it now we just chatted about we already it. have our topics picked out right so i don't really have much else to say about it we weren't gonna do that's kind of cool well i, I was mean. thinking i was thinking like Let's be honest. A lot of people who have original clones on their board, they're kind of showing off, right? I don't know. Like, it's kind of like, oh, look, I've got this thing. It's kind of like a vanity piece. And they're using it as a, they're using it as a boost. You see right, these guys and they're sure. using it as a boost. So they've got a $2,000 boost on their board that takes up the real estate of three pedals. <laughs> you know, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of guys out there when this, when this, you know, this forgery, this right. uh, what's another dirty word for it? 
this counterfeit, counterfeit yeah. becomes available. I have a feeling there's going to be a it's, lot of guys it's who kind of interesting. like snag it up for like vanity reasons. Like, right. oh, I'm going to have this on my board. People are going to think I have a I, real I deal. I guess the first question would be the, the bigger question is since they haven't really been in any sort of regular production. Well, first of all, it's a case. And I know to an extent like. Well, I think they're doing the guts too. Yeah, but who cares? Everybody's doing right. Everyone has a clone. Yeah, right. everyone's got everyone's cl- clonking alone. Every, exactly, everyone's got a clone uh, that they got on the market. I'm sure, they're all little variations. Yeah, um, of course. The question I think is whether the, whether or not the uh, design of the one is the design of the clone case uh, fall under trade dress, and two, the question would be uh, well, it's made overseas. So like doesn't matter. Well, it would matter um, in terms of being able to sell, like to sell. Yeah, to to sell it through retailers here, it matters. Yeah, but you know, you've got you know. I mean, I guess Sarah, you've got all these. Like, you've got all these websites where you can buy stuff from overseas. Right, now. I, you could probably buy direct from Seriotone and get it. Sure, really, any issue. It's gonna um, it's gonna take a month to get to you, but you're gonna get it. Right. Um, Sarah, a lot of people swear by their amps. They uh. I remember when they first kind of hit the scene, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh-huh. And it was kind of this this weird place where it was like, oh, you can buy this kit from this guy. And I think he's actually in Malaysia. Um, and, or at least he was then. Uh, or, you, think, you think this has any connection to the Micronesian prime minister? What? Never mind. <laughs> Are you trying to make a Zoolander reference? Yeah, yeah. He was a Malaysian. He was also Malaysian. He was also Malaysian? Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, I I know a lot of people are on the fence back then, but obviously the Seriotone has now been around for years. Right. Um, I think they're a pretty well-established name in the uh, kit amp game. They do sell their kits as completed. Uh, but a lot of people just like they want to build. Can you it. call it a kit when it's completed? Well, when somebody builds the kit for you, I think so. Okay. I mean, I guess not. I. I mean, in that in that sense, everything is a kit. I've got this Nissan Sentra kit <laughs> that I drive around. Sure, sure. You I bought. It. I paid for it to be built for me. Well, I mean, I think the difference is if something is available as a kit or you can have them assemble it, then right. you're getting it assembled, but it's still sure. it's the same as the kit. Yeah, I guess you know, so. You're not if you go and Well, anyways, I mean, it doesn't Anyways, uh yeah, I finished that. <laughs> it's been too long of a week for me to do this, right? I, I finished the video for the Titan. <laughs> Going back to that. <laughs> it took me almost a week full-time working on it to do that demo the how long did you spend on the actual demo portion of it three days okay and the other two days was or the other Illustrate, four, four days illustration, was illustration illustration and animation and pizza eating and pizza eating but yeah it's uh after, after i finished it and published it i went to our to our website and i Increased the price of our guitar demos. <laughs> doing guitar demos always takes way longer than I think it's going to, and I'm super, I'm su- I was super stoked to do it. I'm so glad that we got these opportunities to, you know, work with, you know, Paul Roney and Doug Cower and do that airline uh, in the Eastwood base. I, 
I've got to charge a lot more for guitar demos. So <laughs> it takes a lot of time. Like, especially if I do an intro on them, it, right. It, like the, I pri- I think I priced out the possibility of most people ordering the intros on pedal demos. So I've just been doing regular demos and that's mm-hmm. been saving me a lot of time, <laughs> but it's just like, it chews up so much time. And then I feel bad for how much I've got to charge. But it's like, I've got to have, you know, like I've got to make a professional living too. Yeah. And it's not about like trying to make a professional living doing the demos. It's like, if I can't make a bare minimum for a day's work. Right. If you then can't, it's like, I'm, I'm taking money out of my family's you, you mouth. Literally are, like, <laughs> you literally are like, you have to, I should be doing other work. Basically. You, you have to put together price points that compete with your real job. Basically. Exactly. And it's like, I, you know, there's probably people listening right now who could be potential future clients. And they're hearing this like, Oh, this guy's, you know, pricing higher than market value for demos or whatever. But are you we know, we, we have mean, we have an audience and we do good work and that's just the price right now because I've got to uh pay the bills around here. Are we though? I mean really are we? Yeah. Probably it not. takes it takes a lot of time to do uh that demo work. Pedals are different. I yeah. can do a pedal in a day easy. Right. So it's like the prices on that are still pretty accessible. But something about doing guitar demos, it just chews up a big chunk of time. Big chunk of time. Well, there's definitely, I think, a lot more of a, I mean, unless you've got a permanent studio situation. Right. Uh, there's a lot more setup involved versus Absolutely. like with the, with the pedals. You're just putting a pedal on a table, doing some decoration. I mean, you're not just doing that. Right, but I right. Mean, it, but you're, no, I've been building sets and stuff. But, you're, but your setup is a lot simpler. But even you're, like building a set, I can do, I could, I know what I'm going to build. I build right. it. I, I set the pedal up and... And I play some riffs and I record it and then I spend the second half of the day editing it. Right. Well, I'm just thinking like your lighting is probably a lot more consistent for it, pedals. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Because you're lighting a much smaller area. You know what you know. What, you know what, what it really is? Is the playing style is so different for guitar versus pedal. Like sure. pedal, I don't actually really have to play. I'm dropping like really quick riff, then changing a setting. Quick riff, changing mm-hmm. a setting. And that's like my demo format. Where like guitar, like I have to sit there and actually like come up with, you know, like minute long parts. Basically. Right. I don't really know what either of these things look like because I don't. I like watched one. Right. <laughs> Steve, what's, you've you've listened to one. You watch all of them to check all my spelling I errors. I don't even tech like technically. I don't even watch them. What I do is I you watch the text. I load it. And then I just, I pause oh it. Oh my gosh. And then I just hit forward. And every time you hit forward, it goes forward five seconds. So four, five seconds, five seconds, five That's seconds, funny. five seconds. And I just keep doing it. And then I stop every time a new wall of text appears. And then I rewrite that, like the entire wall of text, because that's every single time. Yeah, it's this bunch of garbage that I throw up on the screen. Uh, literally in this re- most recent one. So go go check out the uh, Titan KR1 video. Uh, and then shoot us an email or leave a, leave a, you know, leave a comment on YouTube. I want you to, as a listener, to identify the point where I gave up. <laughs> uh, because there's a definitive point, if you're paying close attention, where you will s- notice that... The, so- I thought you just ran out of stuff that you found bad, Steve. I didn't I didn't give up. Like I went all the way through it, but there's, there's a part where... Where you stopped rewriting things? There's this part where I, I originally was going for a very specific... 
um, style, textile. Uh-huh. And after that point, I just said, forget it. I don't want to. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to throw the style out the window because it's just way too many corrections. Right, right. All right. Well, let's, it'll be it'll be obvious if you're watching it and paying attention and actually reading it. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get into some housekeeping, Steve. Yeah. Um. I like. Uh, we'd like to welcome. Uh, Andre. Is it Andre? Andre. I uh, I've actually known this guy for a few years. Uh, he's been. I he, can't say his last name because it's from a foreign country. I'm not even going to try. He's been contributing to us financially for a while now. Yes. Yes. But he, has. he did not want to be part of the inner circle because he didn't want the responsibility. Uh huh. Because it's apparently a huge responsibility. So he was contributing at nine dollars. Yeah. A dollar under so that he could avoid being in the inner circle. And he just upped it a dollar to be in the inner circle. So maybe he's gotten over his fear of responsibility. I don't know. I, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe, he's, he's, maybe he's, he wants to send something into the wheel of pedals. Maybe. <laughs> that's that's a fine reason. There's really not any responsibility to being in the inner circle. It's pretty much a great big party. And we all just hang out and make fun of everyone in the regular group. <laughs> That's not inaccurate. Uh, it's not not the truth. Uh, you know that there are some responsibilities if people want them. That's the that's the gateway to becoming you know a mod on the regular group and uh, having some voice over things that happen on the show and with the show's funds and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you'd like to support the show, head over to sixtycyclehumcast.com uh, and click the link that says support the show. Yep. And all of the information is there. It helps us out a lot. It's funding our trip to Nam. It's funding the t-shirts that I swear I'm going to have printed soon. Uh, I know what I'm going to do. I just need to contact my ship, my printing guy and, and put the order in. Are you doing extra deep V's? Super deep V's all the way down to the belly button, Steve, yes. the way you like them. They're also going to be, they're double V's, which means they go V down the back too. So it's kind of like, you know, like, no, that's not called double V. That's just called a diamond neck. That's a diamond neck? Yeah. Yeah, it goes really far down the back. Okay, cool. So it's going to be really great for people who have uh, tattoos on their front and their back. Now you can finally show it off while barely wearing any clothes. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. It's kind of like a sideways like muscle tank top. Right. You know, the t- right. tank tops that go all the way down. It's like that, but in the front and the back. Not I the would sides. imagine it would look very futuristic if you wore a turtleneck under it. Absolutely. That's the intended... A fashion statement is turtleneck underneath the double deep V. All right, let's get into some advertisements. We've been chewing the fat long enough. Sure thing. Uh, here we go. We got a Gibson SH 2007. Well, should we with the Marzio pickups? Should we mention what this week is? Uh, oh yeah, this is uh, it's this, filthy mattress week. This episode is brought to you by uh, Sleep Train. <laughs> You're uh, taken to a filthier sleep. If you've got a filthy mattress like the guys in these ads, maybe it's time to take a little trip on the train, right on over to Sleep Train. <laughs> right, go over to Sleep Train, buy a mattress, uh, piss and defecate all over it. <laughs> then, then years later, put a guitar on it and take a picture. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is uh, who did this come from? From this is Joshua, from Joshua K. K. Frazier. I uh, wanted you to keep reading it. He says it's me. a Gibson SH 2007 uh, Demarzio pickups. Not about he's the ad says not about the SG body. Looking for a higher end Fender, other Gibsons, not SGs, unless a Melody Maker slash Junior 
and a boss CE2. That's, that's a very that's specific trade. Specific. Yeah. Um, I mean, this looks like a... Uh, I think the guitar looks great. A faded series. This So this guy is basically banking on you believing that swapping out the Gibson pickups for DiMarzio's is an upgrade worth paying extra for. Well, what do you think the fair value is? I don't know. Four fifty, yeah. I've, I think tops. I think he's in the ballpark. I, I'm not upset by the price. What I am upset about is the filthy, filthy comforter and mattress <laughs> the guitar is laying on. I mean, I guess SG fadeds are pretty much all over. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I paid two fifty for like yeah. five hundred to six hundred. I so. paid two fifty for mine. No big deal. So, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> you just bragging? Is that a, was that a humble brag? <laughs> But I, you know, I mean, five hundred is a good starting point. You can you can negotiate with this guy and be like, hey, listen, this guitar has been on a dirty mattress. I don't want to pay five hundred. I want to pay four twenty five. And then he'll come back. Well, well, how about four seventy five? And he'll be like four fifty. And he'll be like, deal. And that's how you'll get to four fifty, Steve. I don't know if this mattress is actually dirty. You know what? Can let's be honest about mattresses. They're look, all dirty. They're all dirty. No, look look in the the left hand corner of the mattress. Tell me that's not a big brown stain. But the thing is, is are you talking about on the side? Yeah, on the side. But if you look at the top of the mattress right above it, that's leaking. You think that's up the, the same? side? They have the clean, in air quotes, clean side of the mattress up. You know, the other side of that mattress is disgusting. It's just covered in blood because that's something that leaked off the side. And oh, it, you know what? This guitar only has five strings, so they should take 20%. Oh, yeah. Or sorry, 16% off the price. It's, that's a B string, too. That's a, you know, B string stands for Benjamins. That one costs 100 bucks. Yep. <laughs> this, is a, this is a $400 guitar now because of that B string. You know, I, we, there's no way to know if that B string broke because there's damage on the nut or the, the bridge saddle. Maybe even the tuner. That's three parts you have to have replaced. To get that uh, B string working again, I just had some something awful, uh, some awful thought. But anyway, maybe you should keep that to yourself, Steve. Yeah, I am. All, All right, right uh, let's put that guy to rest and keep moving. Let's keep moving through uh, filthy mattress week. Yep, this one is sent in by Adam Justice. This is a Gibson Epiphone for two hundred dollars in Grove City, Ohio. Are you sure this is a Gibson and it's, an Epiphone? It's a Gibson Epiphone. It looks like a Fender to me. Ooh, it's a Grover style tuners, new standard pickups, new standard pickups. Great shape. What does that mean? For its age, 1980s, no trades. This is one of those uh, Epiphone like S300 or whatever model. It's literally a strap body with a pointy headstock Epiphone neck on it. It happens to be maple, but it's it's laying on a relatively clean bed sheet. This is definitely a part of bed week, though. Part of mattress week, filthy mattress week, even though it's not filthy. Yep. This person laid it on a bed and took a picture, and that's why we're including it. Also, we were just had this ad, so why not? Uh, this has that pointy headstock. A lot of people, I actually see these uh, pretty well discussed more and more, though. The ones that I've played have just, I mean, I don't know if it's because they just weren't taken care of or what. The ones I've played have just been pretty junky. They always feel like entry-level instruments to me. Like, these were the budget you know, versions of like a strat that you could get in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, if I was going to get one, I would definitely be shopping for one of the bat wing headstock ones. Cause I mm. like that bat wing headstock. Uh, but I, I always crack up over these and a few other uh, Gibson variations of this. Cause 
you don't see it as much now, but back when people were more Gibson crazy than they are now, uh, you'd see people online making these big general statements like, Oh, Fender's always like ripping this and that, or this company is always ripping this and that. And Gibson would never do that. Gibson stays true to their brand. It's like, do you guys know how many times Gibson has ripped Fender? Like, so hard <laughs> all throughout the eighties, they had, you know, strats variations and, you know, this yeah, and that they, super strat. Was it the M three? That was basically their super strat. Every time they get, they get nervous about their market share. They come out with something with a bolt on neck for some stupid reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, this also features the classic Gibson Epiphone because why name one company when you can name both? Exactly. Well, people are like Epiphone. I'm not sure I know that, but Gibson seems like it's the name. That people are going to want with this. Uh, this might be one of those ones where it says Gibson on the truss and yeah. Epiphone on the headstock kind of a deal. Um, I mean, 200 bucks. I'd, I'd have to try it, but, you know, the quality of these things, I, I feel like I'd be more comfortable under 150. Yeah, I, I don't feel like these are ever worth more than 150, but again, my experience with them hasn't been great. They're... The ones that I've played have basically been maybe slightly better fit and finish than like an Affinity Squire. I like the finish on this. Um, I love the I love the cream with white. Uh, but then you you look at those, but they, and they just don't feel good. You look at those those saddle pieces, and those are like the ones you'd see on cheap squires and yeah. stuff. It's not well. It's a very eighties, in fact. Yeah, and I don't even know if this is actually eighties. It could be early nineties, nineties as well. Yeah, uh, it's. it's I mean, they did make these for a while. Yeah, moving right along. Staying in Filthy Mattress Week. Uh, Ibanez RG320 DXQM because Ibanez just loves alphabet soup. Apparently, if you... uh, Oh, my mic just fell over. Apparently, if you uh, actually know the ins and outs of Ibanez, like all those numbers make sense. Um. But but if you're a normal person, it's just chaos. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I know QM is quilted maple, so that's the top. Um, and that's basically all I know. Uh, so one of those numbers refers to the fact that it's got the edge edge uh, tram on it, the Floyd Rose-style tram. Right. But let's be honest, we're not here to talk about this guitar, which for $225, I actually don't feel like it is a bad price. It's a great guitar, really nice guitar for all sorts of different types of music. What, was this ad written by Donald Trump? <laughs> this guitar is huge. Yeah. By this, by the time this episode airs, will we have decided who's president? No. No, that's a. It's Tuesday, right? Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, the day Monday? after this. Okay. So uh, if you're listening to this on the day that it drops, go out and vote uh, speaking, tomorrow or speaking, don't. Speaking whatever. of uh, politicians, have you noticed how filthy this mattress is? Yeah. This is easily our filthiest mattress of the night. Um, this is a dirty, dirty mattress. This one is just, yeah, this one's It looks happy. like it was laying in the road, like that bottom part down yeah. there. It's just like that road how black often, dirt. How, have you guys, have you guys, did you guys buy a new mattress when you got married? Not when we got married, but when we got into the new house, we did. Oh, into this new house or into yeah, into house? this house. So that, your mattress is what, like six years old? Uh, Our current mattress, yeah. Okay. How often do you think mattresses need to be replaced? That's a hard question, man. I don't. I wouldn't even know what to say. Like I don't know. I don't. We know have a, we have a memory foam mattress now, and I'd say that if the foam starts deteriorating, then 
will replace it. Right, right. I've been thinking about getting a new mattress, but I just don't. I think ours needs to be replaced, but I just don't know what the normal lifespan is. So I don't know. Uh, I love that we're actually talking about mattresses. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't really know what the answer is. So um, this this mattress that this totally fine Ibanez is on has like road dirt on it and has like these really gross dark brown stains like all around I like, it. I would like to imagine that what happened is um, that this guy uh, took the guitar to like his local pawn shop uh-huh. and they did not offer him like a price that he wanted. He's like, oh, that's not enough. Like, if so, you don't pay me the money I want, I'm going to go take a picture of this guitar on a dirty mattress. Yeah, so he was like super bummed and he's like driving home and he's like, you know what? Fine, I'll just put this thing on Craigslist. And... uh Oh, this is also from Joshua Frazier. Yeah, he was on this whole kick uh, all week. So, so we he's driving home and he's like, I should put this on Craigslist. And he sees a mattress on the side of the road and he's like, I'm not going to put like, it on Craigslist. Like, I'm going to put it on that mattress. That's that's what I need for the backdrop in this photo. I can list this thing before I even get home. If I list it, <laughs> if I list it now from my phone, maybe it'll be sold by the time I get home. Yeah, this may happen. Then instead of going home, I'll just immediately go to the person who's going to buy it. Yeah. Oh so man, that, that's what I like to think happened here. Two twenty-five though. There's probably. I mean, some- does it come with the mattress? If it came with a mattress, would you pay more or less? Uh, less, way less, because then I'd have to move that mattress around. It looks like a big mattress, too. Yep. Probably a queen. Oh, that's definitely not a twin, right? Um, it's, it's, it's a big boy. Yeah. Maybe this guy is selling the guitar so he can use that money to fund a new mattress. I hope that's what he's doing. But uh, as far as the guitar goes... I've been casually on the lookout for like a new shredder in my life. Oh yeah, like some kind of super strat, some kind of Floyd Rosie sort of deal. Uh, this doesn't look bad to me. I'm not not hot on the finish, but some kind of RG would maybe be interesting to me sometime in the future. I've never owned an Ibanez. I think it'd be fun to own one. I don't know. All right, one more one more ad. Yep. In filthy mattress week. Uh, who sent this one? Uh, Joshua Frazier. Of course. He's on a roll all week long. Uh, this one I have titled as Pillow Talk. Yeah. He posted this one late in the day today. Mm-hmm. This says, Guitar and Amp, $500. I have a PRS Tremonti for sale. This guitar plays great. Everyone always says that. Yep. Sounds great and looks great. I bought it brand new two years ago. I'm just thinning out my inventory. $500 OBO. What is there's no, it says guitar and amp, but there's no amp. Yeah, no amp in any of the pictures. Anywhere. Um, I'm assuming uh, it's got to be some sort of guitar center practice amp if he's not showing it. Uh, he bought this thing. He's like, Mark Tremonti, I remember that guy. I'll buy that guitar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What What amp? I don't have any money left over for an amp. What are you going to give me? And he got like, like a, a line, s- line six or something. Squire SP10. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I look at this amp and, or this guitar and I imagine that it's probably good for slow and high tempo songs. Um, it's probably got a lot of light and dark tones and can play music that's both hard and mellow. Where where are you getting all this information, Steve? <laughs> Just things I think about. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this is included in Filthy Mattress Week. 
but there's no mattress. But this guitar is propped up in like a funny like way. Yeah, it's on a couch. With the pillow and it's got it. it's got a pillow behind its head stock. Like it's like it's just like chilling on the couch. <laughs> You know, and it's like a frilly grandma pillow. I've always heard really good things about the, the actually about the PRS Tremonti SEs. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of guys really love them. It is like their first um, PRS's, excuse me, first single cut, I believe, in the uh, SE line. Yeah, and, I'm I mean, sure they're they're great guitars, and, and I'm, the, I'm sure that's a good price too. And I mean. As much as Tremonti is kind of like the butt of a lot of jokes for his associate association with sure uh, Creed people people like, who listen to his stuff that's not Creed say that it's really yeah good. it's really like uh, like he's really known for this like pure dirty and raw kind of tone yeah I mean uh, I don't listen that, to that, that stuff I mean it's, if you crank it up it'll piss off the neighbors yeah man. I don't I don't I don't listen to his music at all because I've I've got uh, some semblance of of uh, of, of taste. Oh, <laughs> I was sick bird on Tremonti. Suck on it, Tremonti. Dang, dude. It's, if you see me at Nam, we'll take it out in the parking lot, I suppose. I actually don't know what his music sounds like. <laughs> I think you're going to lose that fight. Yeah, no, yo, absolutely. If he wanted to fight me, I would lose for sure. I am not. We covered this a week or two back. I'm we are not fighters. If he threw if he threw a punch, I would be taking it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap up Dirty Mattress Week. I think that was the end. That's the end. Uh, so now we're going to tackle a, a topic, right? Yeah, we've uh, we've covered we've covered it, and uh, it's covered. Now it's uh, oh, we sure did. Know. We sure did cover it, Steve. I thought just I had no, some. There's nothing. There's, thought I had some really. There's awful not puns. not anything more we can do with with these ads, Steve. We've got to move on to the topic. Do you All remember right. what the topic is? Because uh, I remember what it is. <laughs> This week's topic is... And what I've been wanted to tell you, Steve, is, man, you don't need more pedals. You need more practice. That was a quote from uh, from Jim Hendrix. J- James Hendrix. J- Jim Hendrix. You know, what, you know what I think about that, Ryan? What? Practice. Practice. Uh, your whole practice <laughs> Practice. you're going to do again. Um, so this was a meme that was floating around on all the gear groups. Yeah. Every single gear group on Facebook, on the internet, every forum, every Instagram, all were posting this meme of a picture of Jimi Hendrix with those words over it. And it's just complete and utter nonsense. I be- I want to believe that it's a troll, that someone was trolling. Like, ah, oh, you're going to make people like get all been out of shape over this. And the reason I think it's a troll is because Jimi Hendrix used all kinds of pedals. Like all the time. Yeah, he probably used like, I don't know, 75% of the pedals that were on the market at that time. Yeah, there was 10 pedals on the market and he used uh, seven of them. 7.5 Seven and a half of them. Well, he he swapped back and forth. I was going with like four pedals on the market and and can three. No one can find an instance where he is saying that. It's not a quote of his. Well, you know, it's it's like a joke meme that someone put together. One of these, it's, it's along the lines of the whole thing where people are like, like true bypass, Jimi Hendrix didn't have true bypass, right? And it's like, well, yeah, but yeah, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Like the we, effects he was running, he was running full time. We, we like make, he was running the the fuzz full time. We he make was, these assumptions that certain people would think this way, like think in a certain way, 
when the reality is, is that a lot of there, I mean, this is going to sound like a very neutral generic statement, but the reality is, is that there are guys who were contemporaries of Hendrix who are still playing the ex- basically the exact same music that they played in 1970. Right. And there are guys who aren't like there are guys who they did that kind of stuff. They did a and certain sound back on. then. And then they, they are doing, a, they're doing different things now and that their sound kind of evolved into in a lot of different ways. And it, it maybe it retained the, the heart and soul of, of what they were doing early on, but like they're definitely on a different kind of tone journey. Sure. Well, what do you, what do you think about this argument but to me, it's a completely just false equivalence and a completely false connection to be like, oh, you don't need more pedals. You need more practice. I mean, you can make that say anything. You don't need more guitars. You need more practice. You don't need more amps. You need more practice. You don't need more. Well, strings. I mean, it's true. It's you need true. More practice. It's like, yeah, we all know that you don't need in air quotes. You don't need more stuff. You don't need different stuff. Most of the music we all play, we could get by with some very basic stuff, you know, very basic rigs. Like we don't need to play guitar at all. You know, it's sure it's a luxury in our lives that we have time and resources to play guitar at all. We don't need to. But hey, we get to and we like to and we enjoy doing it and it's fun. And the gear aspect of it is fun and exploring new sounds is fun. And it has nothing to do with how much you do or don't practice. I guarantee you that the guys who spent, you know, like all Friday night, like cruising reverb.com for the next pedal they're going to buy or researching, you know, which delay has the most presets. I guarantee you they weren't going to use that time practicing. Right. If they were, if they weren't shopping, that's like their different thing. It's not like, Oh, if, you know, if only I hadn't, uh, you know, been eating breakfast, I could have, you know, been eating dinner. (laughs) That's kind of like, that's kind of like the classic thing where it's like, well, instead of doing this one thing, you should have been doing this other thing. And there are definitely people out there who find ways to utilize like a vast majority of their time to the extent where it's like, you know, we used to talk about maybe not on the show, but like we've had these conversations where like, our friend Adam, when he was working in like an in an office, uh-huh. like he would wake up at he would go into work an hour early because nobody was there, so he had like time to play drums. Yeah, he had a drum kit in an unused space at his office, and he would play drums. Well, before anyone else came into work, uh, you know, if you people who want to practice are gonna find time to do it, and it's not time where they're you know not shopping for stuff right um and i mean i think there's i think there's a thing so i like i get the the overarching message which is supposed to be like pedals can't fix the fact that you suck sure but i you know they can if they're a tuner (laughs) not if you don't practice using it Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta spend at least ten thousand hours practicing with your tuner before you get really good using a Dude, tuner. Dude, I right? still don't know how to tune a guitar. Um, <laughs> we but, haven't but hit ten thousand like, hours yet. It's Steve. like this idea that like uh, 
um, you know, somehow everybody who's got a big pedal board is using it to like cover up. Yeah. Uh, some flaw when the reality is that like for some people, like they're making the music that they want to make and they're using the tools that are available, you know, and even if they suck, even if they're making sounds that no one wants to hear and it's just completely unbearable. Hey, guess what? That's their own time. And that's their, that's their own prerogative. And if they're in a band and the rest of the band puts up with it, that's their that's the band's fault too. There's this mentality really that I think this meme exemplifies. Um, I, I can't believe we're spending this much time on a meme effectively. Yeah, this is meme um, week. All week long we're talking about memes. Um, but but really like the idea that that Jimi Hendrix is like that was the pinnacle of, of right. music. And, you know, regardless of, of your opinion, Jimi Hendrix, like, obviously he was a super influential player. Right. But Very talented. like, how far do you want to take the meme back? Because you can say, you know, you can take a, take the Jimi Hendrix and say like, man, you don't need more pedals. You need more practice. And the implication is like, well, Jimmy, like he just put in a lot of hard work and he got this, he had these crazy skills, but you know, you fast forward, I don't know, five years and you've got, uh, you've got, um, uh, David Gilmore, right. you got Pink Floyd, who's making all these crazy sounds. All kinds of pedals. That uh, There isn't know, a fuzz pedal that Dave Gilmore hasn't used. Yeah. You go, I actually just looked it up. You go I said to, Dave Gilmore. I know. You go to 1983. <laughs> um, the Edges rig in 1983 was either a Strat or a Gibson Explorer into a switching box, a MXR Dynacomp, a EHX Deluxe Memory Man, right? A Zoom Distortion, another EHX Memory Man, and then back into another switching box, and then into a, a JC120 and a and a Vox AC30. We could literally spend all night listing every pedal the Edge has ever used, right? But but the, in 1983, he was using four pedals, and two of them were duplicate. Like right, like one of them was a duplicate of another pedal. Like the idea that like somehow. Like maybe he's a guy, you know, you know, maybe, he, maybe the edge is a guy who like the reason he has all these pedals now, cause he's really well known for having this monster MIDI controlled rig. Right. Maybe he's he covering should, up for his bad yeah, playing. He, well, he obviously didn't spend enough time practicing. If only he practiced, I mean, you don't become the guitar player for the biggest band in, I don't at least the post 1980s no. world. I'm not a huge fan of you too, but I can't think of any, band that is well i'm not a huge fan of you as well steve i know i can't think of a band in like the last 36 (laughs) years that has been bigger for as long right anyway that's it's not they're they're definitely a very famous very popular band that makes music that people like but where i really wanted to go was you know we say oh Jimi hendrix you know you, you don't need more pedals you need more practice but you go instead of going forward you go backwards 10 years and you put a picture of Les Paul right. playing into like, you know, a, his multi-tracking unit playing into built. some like funky thing, whatever, his guitar into some some little amp. You'd be like, you don't need a Marshall stack. You need more practice. And then you go back another 20 years. And you put a you put a picture of Django yeah. and you're like, you don't need an electric guitar. You need more practice. Yeah. And then you go back a thousand years and you've got some guy with a lute. And he's yeah. like, you don't need six strings. I've only got two or three. You need more practice. Yeah. You so know, it's like, so it's like this. And then you go back another 
hundred year, thousand years, hundred thousand years. Uh huh. And you got a monkey with a rock. Yeah. And he's like, oop, 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 oop. Yeah. And then you go back another like a million years, and there's Atlanteans. They've traveled back in time. They've rebuilt Atlantis in the past. They're all playing Parkers. That's that's <laughs> why we can't find them. <laughs> the, the Atlantis didn't, didn't disappear under the waves. It disappeared in time. That's why I don't see part. Is that why I don't see Parkers on the used market anymore? Yeah, they're all in Atlantis <laughs> in the past. <laughs> I, I, you know, I I love memes. I really love I actually memes. hate. I hate memes. Um. I love memes that are clever. Sure. I love memes. I love anything that's actually clever, but I I love memes that that are just recycled and garbage. I love memes that are at least trying to be funny. I'm not a big fan of when people try to make some broad overarching point. Right. With memes. Um, Do I need more practice? Yes. Everybody needs more practice. Are my pedals hindering me from not from practice? No. My children are hindering me from practice. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, Every single thing in my life is hindering me from practice. And let's be honest. honest, If my children weren't hindering me from practice, I'd be playing video games. (laughs) That's what I'm getting to, man. Like, if, you know, these guys who are shopping all day for pedals and, like, building their rigs and stuff like that, if they weren't doing that, they'd be playing video games. They'd be watching movies. They'd be, you know... They'd be going for walks in the park. I don't know. They that's not the time that they would spend doing practice because they're already using that time to practice. Well, it's also just really interesting when I think about uh, how a lot of these guys. Uh, when I, whenever I see people post videos, uh-huh. I very rarely see people post videos where I'm like, "Man, I'm better than that guy." <laughs> like it. It's just one of these things where it's like. I don't know. People just, they, it's, you're making assumptions about another person's playing or about these ideas that like, I don't know. I just, it's, it's just this whole like self-righteous, like, oh, I don't need the gear that these people are posting about. So they must not need it either. The reason they think they need it is because they're not as good as me. There right. was there was a thing that I wish had started up this week because that whole uh, that whole roast my board thing happened. Dude, I loved it. That took off like a rocket ship. I couldn't believe it. It started in our group and then moved to every single group in the group. Well, let's be honest. I think the gear pages on roast my board thread number five. Yeah, they absolutely. I mean, thousands of pages yeah. of roast my board. They absolutely. But they call it something else though. I forget what they call it. Is it just judge my board? Yeah. Judge, judge my board. No, judge me by my pedal board. Judge me by my pedal board. Right. But it's right. like the same kind of idea. I guess like the roastings tend to be shorter. The thing that really drove me nuts were the people who are like, oh, I can't roast your board. There's too many high end pedals on there. I'm like, I can roast any board at any time. Yeah. The, the, the thing about the gear page is that there's still that thin sheen of internet Anonymity, anonymity. Yeah, I could. I can mangling that word. Yeah. You say? Anonymity, anonymity. Man, it feels so weird. Um, like a scene anonymity. Like because it's not real names. We're like on Facebook. You do that on Facebook. Like that's a real person right there. No, right. That's I understand picture, that. A, their picture is them and their girlfriend. <laughs> it's but like it's one of those things where I get that, but at the same time, it's like to me, if you're asking for it, you're asking for it. Yeah, like a roast is a time where it's like. 
I don't want to say like obviously obviously you have to be sensitive to your audience yeah and what their expectations are but it, if somebody's saying roast my board they're basically saying say the meanest thing that you think of when you see it, this type of pedal board right, lay into me man without without what like within the expectations of this group right right I mean I, people got in trouble with that on a on gear talk p dubs because people were going beyond yeah people the people started the basically saying oh you've got you've got this thing on your rig it must be because you're small in the pants right right was, that's not cool but uh what i was getting at is that someone's tried to start roast my tone oh man and i was like that's exactly what we need for this like self-righteous internet culture right. like judging thing is people that actually post the tones that they come up with with their rigs because all these things are just they're they're frivolous and vapid assumptions that people are coming up with like oh they have three delay pedals uh just must sounds just it just sounds like this and they don't need that and this and that they're only doing this to like to compensate and it's like what if they sound really good oh you've got what if if the guy who's just like yeah i just run a les paul into a fuzz face into a marshall you don't need anything else what if that dude sounds bad? What if he sounds really bad? Like, show us how you actually sound people instead of just, like, firing off and judging people based on their gear and, and making assumptions that they don't practice enough. Like, it's completely ridiculous. What do you think, Steve? I'm going to say beer. No, I, I mean, that's that's the bottom line to me is, is that, you know, just... Be confident in what you are. Like I said, the roasting thing is like, I thought that was funny. I thought I had oh, a yeah. lot of fun with that. It was hilarious. I think there were some people who said some like some really clever things that were like pretty good. The people who were like, oh man, no, I'm I'm jealous. I really want that pedal. Like, dude, have you ever watched a roast? Yeah. Like, do you know what a roast is? Like, I mean, it's a piece, not, of, it's a piece of meat that you've cooked a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like hours. <laughs> yeah. He slice it real thin and put horseradish on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. No, no it's, it's where a bunch of you know jokers get together and just make fun of each other because they love each other. Yeah, yeah. is what so, it really comes down to. So I, it's like I you try to hurt, you try as hard as you can to hurt your friend's feelings, and then you bond over it. You know what just dawned on me because I didn't comment on it. Uh, I've just I just didn't have time. Uh, Richard Morris, uh, listener of the show, he posted his board uh-huh. in. Uh, in our group and the roast for his board is uh that i just thought of right now was you are one or two pedals away from skynet <laughs> he's the guy with like the multi-levels right yeah he's just got like yeah. the levels and he's using he a rivera inc- controller it's a it's he's got this incredible rig this it's all his like a custom board that he built like the rig that holds it all right yeah i think so every time he posts it i'm like holy hell i can't even imagine what you sound like <laughs> Yeah, and we've we've uh, he sent us some pedals of his to try out, and we've sent them back. Oh, absolutely! He's got that Boss Combo Drive, which sounded great. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, didn't he's he the s- one who introduced us to uh, OD. Uh, yeah, OD yeah, that's effects. right. Yeah, they're not OD. Uh, Shell, Shelly. Yeah. yeah, that I still think that Pony Boy is a great sounding clone. Uh, so yeah, he sent us the the Pony Boy and the the green and red classics. Yeah, yeah. He basically sent us their whole line. <laughs> I don't know if they have anything that we haven't covered. I think they came out with something new, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they just came out with version twos. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
people just need to relax and they like i think we can empower our audience and say like if you see people with these mentalities of like oh you said this you probably need to practice probably ever get like call them out call them jerks because they're jerks just say hey Where's your tone? Yeah. Uh, post your tone. Hashtag post your tone. Post your tone. Post your tone so we can roast your tone. Exactly. Like, let's see what you sound like. You have all this big talk. You know, you put your money where your your tone is. <laughs> put if, us in the tone zone. If the standard genuinely was you're not allowed to buy a guitar effect until you sound like Jimi Hendrix... No guitar effects company would be in business. Absolutely. No gear company would be. Yeah. Or then you have to expand that to guitars too. Oh, you, you spent, I mean, we do our fair share of making fun you of rock only, doctors and can, blues lawyers. You can only own a Stratocaster, right. a reverse headstock Stratocaster and a Marshall stack. But these, these guys who, you know, they're bedroom players or office players. Maybe they, you know, they, they jam with their buddies every now and then and they buy, you know, $4,000 guitars. God bless them. Good yeah. for them. They're putting they're putting braces on kids' teeth for builders. That's awesome. <laughs> and they make it so that they that builders can exist to make professional gear for the few professionals yeah, that use it. Yeah, at the end of the day, I just I think the I feel like I already said at the end of the day. How many conclusions? The day has already ended, Steve. How it's many nighttime. Con- how many conclusionary statements can I make? I don't know, man. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you're just going to say at the end of the day over and over again. That's true. That's true. Uh, at the end Are of you the ready d- to conclude? I feel like I just day, got started. You're another day older. Um, <laughs> I just, um, I don't know, man. Make the, make the sounds you want. I've been, I was thinking the other day, like whenever we do, uh, if you're going to be judgmental towards people, be judgmental towards people who are dicks. Don't be judgmental towards people who just are buying stuff that you're not buying. Right. Who cares? Um, or people who aren't buying the stuff that you are buying. Like all that stuff is meaningless. At the end of the day, there's a lot worse. A lot there of, it is again, Steve. There's, a, there's many worse things that you can buy. I bought boots for the first time. I should have talked about that. In you my did buy stuff. boots, didn't you? Wingtips, uh, right? Yeah, wingtips. Nice. Fancy. You're fancy Look pants Look at this now. guy. Um, Let me see those pants. Oh, those are fancy pants, Steve. Yeah, dang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was thinking how I need to spend more time practicing for when we do pedal demos. Not... Like, so I can actually have some, like, riffs in hand already. Sure, sure. Um, but the reality is, is that I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> no, where I was going with that is, is um, you know, pretty much everyone can benefit from more practice. If Jimi Hendrix was alive today, you know, 50 years into his career, he would still be practicing. Right. I, you know, I think I, I saw a post somewhere that actually got me thinking on the other side of this. The devil's advocate where a person said, you know, people these days, they buy pedals and then they use them. They decide that it doesn't work and then they sell them and they get rid of them. And he made, he threw some huge number out there. Like, you really got to play with a pedal for like three years before you know if it's good or not. It's like, that's ridiculous. But I get where you're coming from, where you need to actually spend time yeah. with your gear before you decide 
if it's good or not. Like a, a part of our culture is like, oh, I got this pedal, didn't like it, I flipped it, you know. Yeah. And it's like, maybe you didn't fully experience how it's supposed to be used. Maybe it's not compatible with your rig, and you try it with other rigs. But then I think the bigger takeaway I got from it was you need to practice with your gear. Sure. Like you do need to practice. Practice is important if you want to increase your abilities as a player. And and you need to include the gear that you use in that practice. Right. And there's also an element of, while I do think three years is excessive, like it's very excessive. If I'm buying something new, I'm probably going to give myself a month or two sure of for me relatively consistent playing which once or twice a week probably i mean i have different um, i have different things like different things i gotta check off if i get something new it's like yeah oh does it sound great with my rig at home that's awesome but how does it sound live with my surf band sure oh it sounds good with my surf band yeah but how does it sound with my church band you know right. I gotta jump through all these hoops before there, i make there's a full al- decision there's also things where it's like um people want to I, I don't know. People just want to like get something. I think if you tr- get something, you try it out, it doesn't click with you right away and you sell it. It's okay to say, I got it. I tried it out. I right. just, it, I just didn't bomb with it. The problem that I have is when people are like, Oh yeah, I got this thing. It sucked. It's like, right. well, you had it for three days. Um, and I, you know, along those lines, like we just put, we put out a demo maybe like a month ago of the Walrus 385. Right. And uh, I found a post where somebody referenced our video, uh, which was kind of neat to see somebody saying that they watched, actually watched our video. Which you don't do, Steve. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically, even though they were kind of using our video as like a bad tone reference, not that we got bad tone, but to say that like they, this was the tone that they were getting with the pedal. But what the guy's point was, um, was that they had bought the pedal. They weren't 100% satisfied with it. They popped the cover off and set, found, oh, there's trim pots in here. Mm-hmm. One of the trim pots uh, was like adjusted like either the bias or adjusted like the primary gain structure, basically. So they messed around with it. They smoothed out. Like they thought the 385 was a little too gritty, uh-huh. a little too fuzzy, um, which I can kind of see how like the 385 kind of, the one that we have has kind of like a very low gain fuzz character to it. Sure, um, it's kind of like a it's an amp voiced, like tube streamer type character, like this really tight, fizzy type of fu- right. type of gain. Um, Which is if if that's what you need, it's great. Yeah. So the guy actually took it and kind of like dialed it to be like a lot more transparent and a lot more to his liking. That's an example of a person who wasn't completely satisfied with what they had. They took the took the time to actually yeah. like spend time look with at their the gear. ins and outs, took it apart and said, "What does this little thing in here do?" and got it to sound the way that they wanted it to. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, you know, we have a tendency as players, as citizens of the 21st century, uh, to want that instant gratification, to want to move fast. I mean, ultimately, that's why, like, despite the fact that I know lots of guys who play them, despite the fact that some of them actually are fairly simple, like, I don't own anything from Strymon because I'm really lazy. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to work through the presets and Like, everything. anything that has presets? Yeah. I'm just like, nope. Yeah. Even, like, things that have a favorite switch, like, I like I've got the tonal recall on my board right uh-huh. now, the Chase Bliss tonal recall. 
I don't use the favorite setting. I yeah. just use one setting and then the favorite switch I just use for like tap tempo. I don't. It is a favorite switch, right? I'm not crazy. You, you, there's two presets. Right. And then you, I just use one. Well, I'm remembering my, my Gravitas, which I, I use that. I've got two presets saved. I never use those. I always have it in the middle and I adjust on the fly to what I need. Uh, and that's how I use most of my pedals. Uh, but then there's guys who get a lot out of the presets and you can actually, I think you can actually plug those in to MIDI and have yeah. all kinds of other presets right. and go get crazy with that stuff. But, um, where was it going? Oh, the, the what, what I, how I wanted to finish my argument for practicing with your gear is the other side of it is, you know, if you use fuzz all the time, you practice with fuzz all the time, then you go buy a new fuzz pedal because you watched a demo or you heard something about it. And you're like, oh, I want to try this. You use it because you're familiar with fuzz and you practice all the time with fuzz. Mm-hmm. You're going to know whether or not it's like your jam or not. Right. And you're going to know how to use it. Basically, it's not like it's the first time you've used fuzz and you need to get used to it. Like there's there's all these variations of, you know, reasonable things for people to do with their gear and to want their gear and not want their gear and buy gear and sell it. And it's just this whole culture of, of sitting back and waiting for the right opportunity to judge people is just gross. (laughs) It's just gross, right? It's pretty gross. That's why I hated that meme so much. And I actually went out of my way to argue with people. Oh, really? I I didn't, you know, honestly, I didn't even think about the meme too hard from a judging standpoint. I just... There's just so I much just subtext there with that. Yeah, it's like what what exactly are you getting at here? Like, yeah, you know, oh, how many pedals is the right amount of pedals for me to have for you to not judge me for not practicing? Right, and enough? I realize it's just supposed to be thought provoking, but I I feel like it's one of those things where if you're hearing that message for the first time, right, then maybe it's profound. If you're hearing it for the hundredth time. It's no longer profound. And now you're slapping like an image of like an iconic musician to it who has nothing to actually do with the statement. Yeah, he didn't say that. Just so you can um, attach more gravity to your statement, um, even though there's nothing about it that... um, that really like matters. Right. Um, We talked about this before, I think. Uh, oh, can I find a full-size version of this? I hope so. Uh, we talked about this before. I feel like this is topically relevant if I can get it to load. Um, there we go. Here's a uh, 19, uh, looks like a 1969 receipt. Oh, okay. Um, I know where you're going. From uh, Manny's Music in New York. Uh, where it was known that Jimi Hendrix would buy gear. And in in September of 1969, he bought a Fender Twin amplifier, a ratchet, two pairs of mallets, and bass strings. In November 1969, he bought a Condor GSM Innovex guitar synthesizer, an Epiphone Casino, a Gibson Les Paul, and an Echoplex. Um... And in 1970, he bought a Fender Stratocaster. He was a guy who would go to like a music store and just buy whatever. Yeah. Like, like, just I don't stuff. even know what a guitar synthesizer is. It sounds rad. 
Uh, and then you got the Echoplex. I mean, yeah. So when, when do you ever think about, you know, Jimi Hendrix and say, oh, you know, it's just completely saturated tape delay. Right, right. So, I mean, I guess the along with that meme should be like, you know, uh, maybe you shouldn't buy an Echoplex until you're as good as Jimi Hendrix. Maybe you shouldn't buy a Stratocaster until you're as good maybe as Jimi Hendrix. Maybe you shouldn't Hendrix. buy a Casino. I don't know. You should only buy because never mind. Yeah, I, I know where you're going with that. Uh, so I again, it's a trite meme. It's it's a meme that I think makes a statement that is worth thinking about in a big concept, but it's attached to a guy who has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I mean, it holds just as much. I would say that meme holds less validity. You did it, Steve. Validity. I mean, then uh, you know Abraham Lincoln when he said. Quotes that are spread on the internet might not always be true. <laughs> and this guy died over 40 years ago. That's right. Like entire Abraham Lincoln died over 40 years entire ago. Entire genres of music have come and gone. Like hundreds of genres of music have come and gone in the time since his passing. I would like to think it's like it's, if this if this meme had been posted. A week after Abraham Lincoln's death, <laughs> after Jimmy, after Jim Hendrix's death, then it would have, you know, had had weight. Like, oh, J- Jim said that. I would but like. To, I would like this, to think at this point, that, like, he didn't know what music is going to come and what music right. will come. He doesn't know what's n- needed for different genres of music. Like, even if he did say that, which he totally didn't, it doesn't matter. I would like to think that if Jimi Hendrix was like alive in the 2000s or even today that he would be, be like, very old. He would be like occasionally on tour with the flaming lips. Yeah, sure. He'd, he'd be doing weird stuff. Also, he'd be sponsored by Strymon. <laughs> I mean, let's and be, everyone would think the Riverside is the greatest thing. Be ever. completely honest. If, if Jimmy hadn't died when he died, he would have died a week later the same way. <laughs> oh my God. But then if he had survived and continued to live on to this day, somewhere in the late 90s, he would have started playing Chapman stick. And that's just what he would be doing to this day. And it would be completely obnoxious and no one would want to listen to it. Uh, Let's wrap up the episode. Yeah, let's uh, start with thanking our sponsor, Stringjoy. Uh, Head over to Stringjoy.com if you're just looking for a new string experience. Uh, And our other sponsor, Matthews Effects, who... Uh, just came out with Cosmonaut version 1.5. Go check it out. Go check out our demo of the Harbinger on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Also check uh, out our demo of the, uh, the now discontinued, uh, Cosmonaut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the version one. Yeah. Uh, this week's song was sent to us by Brendan Cooper, AKA P Zorito. Uh, this is from his, uh, little project, uh, Shoegaze Ray. Uh-huh. Uh, this is his cover of the Sugar Ray song, Answer the Phone. I hope you love it, and I hope that you are home. <laughs> <laughs>